When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. I attended the match on Friday. Wonderful win for Canada. Could have been one or two more goals. Great atmosphere, too. I'm going tomorrow night. Can't wait. Go Canada. And Vic says Koskinen is 9 and 1, 915 save percentage, 2.74 goals against. That's the text. Vic, I know where you're coming from. You, you got to give the guy credit. Get a lot of questions about trading Koskinen. How much is Skinner going to play? We need Smith back. Can't argue with how he's done so far. Nine and one. <laughs> Nine and one's pretty darn good. And if there's a, a situation where the Oilers got to- This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Go and get another goaltender, then I think they'll do it, but I think that'll be a conversation for later on. Okay. 7804960063. In the NHL tonight, just a couple of games. They're both in the second period. Detroit and Columbus are tied 2-2. Tampa Bay is up 2-1 on the New York Islanders. And the Monday nighter is underway. The Niners have a touchdown, about two minutes left in the first quarter. 7-0 San Francisco leading the Los Angeles Rams. Just quickly scrolling through some of the results, and I'll, I'll dive into more detail later. Late, later, uh, obviously an informal poll. But I threw it out on the show. You can text me or call me. I put it on my Twitter account this afternoon. Uh, with Jerome Aginla entering the Hall of Fame, which Edmonton Oilers rival player did you respect the most? Aginla certainly getting a lot of mentions. The Sedins getting a lot of mentions. Uh, Mike Medano up there. Lanny McDonald in there a few times. Uh, Al McKinnis in, in there a few times. I see somebody has posted Claude Lemieux. I, I imagine that one might be a little sarcastic. Uh, but... Uh, We'll uh, we'll get to some of those as we roll along here tonight. He joins us every week on the show. He is presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now a broadcaster with the NHL on Rogers. It is Kelly Rudy. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Reading yourself? I am doing great. Nice to catch up with you after a thrilling victory last night for... The Edmonton Oilers, man, the the ones in the final minute. I, right. I don't know, do the, are those are those more exciting than winning in overtime? Sometimes when you when you get it done before the other team can even get a point, or you get one in the final minute. 
I think what comes to mind more than anything, Reed, is just how surprised you are. Uh, that's the number one emotion that I really always felt. And uh, I've been in a few of those. I've been, in, unfortunately, in a few where I gave up the winning goal. Also, I remember Willie Plett scored on me. He was playing with the Minnesota North Stars. So this is going way, way back in the old Met Center. And he literally scored on a slap shot from the top of the circle, beat me a stick side with one second to go. And, and it, that was just surprising and disbelief, all those sort of things. And, and that's the same when you, your team scores and you, you find a way late in the game to win. And you're like, okay, I was kind of expecting to go to overtime. I, I didn't expect this to happen. And, and uh, it's a little bit, I don't know, shocking, I think, is even another word you might come uh, to say because again that's not how an athlete's brain works right like you you're always expecting uh for instance i'll i'll make a golf analogy because i i've always been curious about the mindset of those guys uh a guy must might have to make a 15 foot putt uh for par to extend the match or something and the other golfer always expects that he's going to make it that's just how you have to have a mindset right so, so that if it does go to extra holes or in our sport uh, in overtime that you're ready for it and that you're you're not going with all these different highs and lows emotionally yeah okay well that was a high for the oilers they're doing pretty well they're yes. scoring uh, a ton of goals they're at um 4.14 goals per game the last team to go an entire season scoring more than four goals a game was the 95-96 Penguins, who wow. scored 4.41, so almost wow. four and a half. Obviously, in the in the 70s and 80s, there are right. several examples. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, Rob and I have talked about this a bit too. We're seeing young men enter the NHL who haven't been expected to fight who haven't been taught as much about clutching and grabbing. Certainly they've yeah. been taught about checking and defense, but different ways yeah. of doing it. Speed and skill have been an emphasis. I, I wonder if this is the beginning. And we'll see where the Oilers wind up. I don't know if they'll keep up that pace, but do you think we are potentially entering an era of the NHL where we might see a, a goal or two more per game than maybe the past 20 years or so? Yes, I do, Reed. And I don't know if it's potentially anymore. I just think that that is what's going to happen, the trend. it's It seems pretty clear to me when you watch these players, for reasons that you and Rob pointed out, uh, that they're more talented than ever. We've been saying that for, say, 10 years now, but it's gone to a new level again. Um, in fact, I think that's what Gretzky said. I remember him being quoted. It's about every 10 years that you noticed a, a phenomenal increase in, in the change of the game. And that's what I, I'm really feeling right now. I think that's what we're living. I can give you some examples. Some of the uh, the skill level up front has really been gaining uh, a lot of momentum in the last little while. And even if you're lucky enough to go to a game and you can watch warm-up, I'm I'm – it's dazzling to see how talented these guys are because some of the things they do in warm-up, we would have thought that there were maybe hot dogs or just tricks that you can't use in a game. And yet that's so untrue for today's player that some of the things they do with the puck on their stick and warm-up is just, uh, you can't take your eye off it. It's the young players leading the way. And then I think of the young defensemen in the game. It's never been played by better talented players ever on the back end now they're not they're not ever going to be 
you know, uh, maybe uh, who's a big bruising defenseman, like Kevin Lowe, guy going right. into the Hockey Hall of Fame, the guy that played a gritty style and great leadership and all these other qualities, but Kevin wasn't uh, like a Paul Coffey. And, and these guys are better than Paul Coffey now to a certain degree. Um, and their their confidence are being, being given more opportunity. I think of Jamie Drysdale and uh, Anaheim, just a phenomenal young player, I think, of... Uh, Cider in Detroit. I, by the way, I am on record on Hockey Night as saying that young, phenomenal defenseman Cider, I believe, uh, will be in the running for the Calder Trophy. I think he's that good. And so when you add that talent on the back end, guys like Kale McCarr that came in a couple years ago, th that was this really the start of, you know, just what what was on the horizon for the game of hockey with talented young players. And so you put all that together with the great skill up front and Great puck moving young defenseman. Um, yeah, I, I can see definitely the game getting to a, a level that you were seeing more scoring, even though the goaltenders are better than ever, and even though defensive schemes are better than ever. I just think the talent is going to win in the end. Yeah, we got to find a way to beat those pesky goalies, right? So, right? <laughs> <laughs> Some, something I want to talk to you about Leon Dreisettle. Sure. First of all, He's over two points a game, which is yeah. nuts, even though it's still relatively early in the season that he's done it yeah. for this long. Rob has said a couple times that Dreisaitl has made passes on his backhand that maybe a quarter of the players in the game wouldn't even try on their forehand. And <laughs> he makes them on his, on his backhand. And then when it comes to his ability to score, I, I feel like watching him, and I want to get your perspective as a guy who tried to stop some of these, these guys, there, to me, there is no area in the offensive zone from which Leon Dreisaitl cannot score. Like even yeah. some great snipers, you've you've said, well, that, like that's his kill zone. He, uh, get him yeah. outside of that, and maybe he won't be as good. Like Leon, he can stand almost anywhere and put it home. And and two things come to mind. Uh, so when you're talking about his great backhand passes, uh, I totally agree. Uh, I don't know if Dave Tippett would totally agree. Because I think we had that conversation a few weeks ago where uh, Tippett was asked about it, and uh, he said something to the effect that uh, he's not always a fan of it because it might lead to a playoff game and where he, he makes those passes and they're intercepted and in the net. But I always say that uh, when you've got a skill set like that, to allow that player the freedom in the offensive zone for sure and in some cases in the neutral zone but most likely not in your own zone you don't need those backhand passes but nonetheless I think he's a phenomenal player and I think that you're right he can score from anywhere but I don't think there's a player that we've ever seen in the history of the game with that sharp angle shot similar to the goal he scored yesterday uh, from a seemingly impossible angle for a lot of players. A lot of players would just simply whiff on that that shot because it's so difficult. Uh, I think there was one last year in the Ottawa in the season. Yeah, where yeah, he was insane angle. Yeah, yeah, insane. There's less than a foot. Uh, the puck was less than a foot from the goal line, and it was well out, too. It's not as though he just had to bank it in from 18 inches out. It, it was, I can't remember how many feet, but it, it seemed to me like it was 15 feet away from the net. So just phenomenal. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a player with that ability. Maybe somebody could remind me of somebody else, but I, I, I don't think I've ever witnessed anything quite like that. Well, we talked about that after the game last night with the goal he scored, that if you're the defending team, St. Louis or whoever, and you're killing a penalty with most players, you'd be thinking, okay, he's, 
He's fine. Right. He, we, don't, don't, don't worry about him. <laughs> right now. Right. He gets the pass and it's it. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Like I was, I was honestly thinking like, I guess if it's five on five, you could just simply put a guy right on him and just shadow him everywhere in the offensive zone. It, now it's boring hockey and you know, I, I hope it doesn't get to that, but uh, on the power play, because they're so wicked with everybody else that you, you try and do that and then you open up more lanes for everybody else. So it's just a, just a unique skill set that he has. Um, and I, I think it's opened the eyes of a lot of people. And I hope it has for a lot of young players that uh, are starting out in hockey. You should try, try that and refine that skill because it's been proven now that uh, it's a valuable tool to have. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think you made a good point too, how players trying moves in warm up, and, and I'm lucky enough to get to watch practices right? yeah. and I don't, I, I never, I, I, maybe a few years ago I would have, but if I see a player trying something that might look like, Oh, he's, I don't think, well, I don't think that's a hot dog move anymore. I'm thinking, no, he's seeing if he's seeing if he can get confident enough to do that in a game and find an uh, one, extra goal or two somewhere. 100%. And I had the same feeling. I was uh, the first game that Rick Ball and I did this year. It was Winnipeg in Anaheim. It was uh, October 12th. And I remember watching Trevor Zegras in warmup. And uh, I was just blown away. In fact, uh, more than any other player on the ice between the two teams, I was watching Zegras just because of his uh, incredible hands and what he can do with uh, the, the puck on his stick was just really, really cool. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. Okay, I want to have a little bit of fun with you here. Jerome McGinlaw, Hall of Famer. Uh, so I threw out on Twitter as just sort of an informal, let's ask and see what people say. For Oilers yeah. fans, which Oiler rival player did you respect the most? So certainly Iggy's name has sure. come up. Uh, the Sedins have been mentioned. I've seen yeah. some Kippersoft, some Al McInnes, a lot of Calgary, cool. Vancouver players, as you would expect. Sure. Yeah. So from your career, was there an opponent – Maybe even a guy who did well against your teams that you just couldn't help but respect, even though he was might have burned you a few times. Yeah, there are a lot of guys. Um, and typically it would be rival teams, as you mentioned, where you play them so often, right? So I, it started for me with a guy by the name of Tim Kerr. And uh, he was just, he was a phenomenal player. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately uh, he had a tragic uh, moment uh, in it with his family, and he was never quite the same player. Pierre LaRouche was difficult to play against. Mario, Mario Lemieux, we played him, what, eight times a year? That was really tough. Pavel Bure, when I moved to L.A. and playing against Vancouver. And then one goalie I didn't play against very often, but uh, I just admired him so much, was Dominic Hoshik. So I first uh, played against Dominic in 1986 in the World Championships in Moscow, and then uh, in the 87 Canada Cup. And I remember talking to one of their uh, coaches or somebody around their team anyways in the 87 Canada Cup because uh, Dom was playing, of course, for Czech Republic uh, or Czechoslovakia back then. And he, he he didn't have a very good tournament. And uh, I remember I'd watched him, like I said, the year before, and I thought he was incredible. And this person around the team said, yeah, he's not having a good tournament, but you mark my words, he'll be the best goalie in the NHL at some point. And I was curious about that comment because the style that he played was way different than how we played. Like, we were really about angles back then and coming out of your net. And then when Dominic came over to North America, he taught us 
more because of the change in the game where there are more Europeans coming over, which was led to more uh, controlled passing and maybe not shooting as much. And uh, so you had to retreat more to your net and uh, play inside the, uh, the crease more. And Dominic taught, you know, North American goaltenders that. And then he went on to have the best career of anybody ever in the net. So I always admired that about him. The thing that another story that was kind of cool, Reed, back in the uh, uh, 80s, uh, I when I go back to Edmonton for the summer and visit with my mom and dad and stuff, and we had young kids at that point now, and uh, Kevin Primo, uh, former coach of the Oilers, and uh, he had a conditioning camp. And one year, it was the three goalies in the conditioning camp were Grant Fear, myself, and Dominic Hoshik. Now, Dominic was still in the Chicago Blackhawks organization, and I thought, that's pretty good, pretty good <laughs> talent in that on, on that uh, University of Alberta ice. And so that was kind of a, uh, I think, some, sort of like the coming out party for everybody to re recognize how good Dominic Hoshik was. Yeah, that's cool. There's actually a lot of good stories from those uh, skates at the U of A I've heard uh, right? over the years, which is pretty cool. Right. Well, Kelly, thanks for checking in. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Enjoy your week ahead. And, of course, we will do this next week. You got it. Sounds good, Reed. Take care, pal. That is Kelly Rudy checking in as he does every week on Inside Sports, powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Good chat there with Kelly. Yeah, Leon Dreisettle definitely can score from anywhere. I, I am really interested in this, and I'll, I'll dive into this a little more deeply in a couple of minutes, but I threw out that question, which Oilers rival player did you or do you respect the most? This is with Jerome McGinley going into the Hall of Fame, who has been mentioned by a lot of people. Somebody has said Billy Smith. <laughs> Billy Smith for the New York Islanders. Uh, man, who to me was probably for most people, maybe more of a villain, just pure villain than someone you also respected. But we had somebody chiming in with Billy Smith tonight. That's interesting. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. There's the leading scorer in the NHL. Monday night football early in the second quarter. 49ers leading the Rams 14-zip. All right. I want to catch up on some of these here. Which Oilers rival player did you or do you respect the most? Louis says Ed Belfour back in the Dallas versus Oilers rivalry days. Also, for some reason, Joe Otto comes to mind, too. I'd even pick Mike Medano. The whole Dallas team played great hockey against us. Jay says, I'd have to say Aginla for sure. Good guy, good player, can put up the points, and he can throw the fists. Uh, that was Sean who wrote in mad respect for swinging Billy Smith. Yeah, he swung that stick. <laughs> then somebody else wrote in LOL Billy Smith. Uh, Scott Stevens, another person says, probably one of my favorites from days gone by. Oh, and here's an interesting vote. Matthew Kachuk, I would love to see him in Oilers colors. Yeah, again, probably one of those players for most people. Uh, okay, Hal just wrote in again. He goes, I, I, I begrudgingly respect uh, Keith Kachuk. He, uh, we had one vote for Matthew, one for Keith. I, I would think Matthew for a lot of people. Just, I, I hate to speak for people, but the sense I get would be 
more of just a pure villain as opposed to someone who is uh, is respected. Though, yes, I, I think most teams uh, in the league would love to have him for sure. Sergey Zuboff, didn't expect that one. Somebody wrote that in. Mike Bossy, this is uh, on Twitter. Someone wrote, Mike Bossy, always dangerous, killer shot, often scored really important goals against the Oilers in playoff games. Yeah, great player. Dale Howarchuk, he was awesome. Trent says Bob Probert. Interesting. Kiprasov has a few mentions here. Lot for Aginla and the Sedins. Those seem to be the, the top two for sure. Uh, Eddie Belfour. Nasland. Now, I'm not sure if that's Mats or Marcus. Probably for younger players, it'd be Marcus. If you're a little older, maybe Mats. Oh, Theo Fleury gets a mention as well. Uh, this is fun. A lot of flames, as, as you would expect, because they've been the Oilers' chief rival over the years. Dave Campbell's going to check in from Toronto. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.